PFT Media. You are now listening to Cinema Crespediso. Chris Crespo Radio Show. Everybody likes it. Listen to his shit. to episode 410 of Cinema Crespity. So 410, who's your hero? Is it Drew Cogburn? Drew, how you doing? Doing. The hero of the people? Uh, of the masses? The, of the downtrodden? The, the anti-hero? The anti-hero of the disenfranchised? The anti-hero 419? Haven't you retired that essentially? Uh, by, I mean, for all intents and purposes. Yeah, by backing off all the social medias. I mean, yeah, I'm not really on. I mean, it's still yep. my Facebook backslash. Interesting. Your short. Uh, how about gamer tag, gamer account? Oh, I think for Xbox, but I don't game with others. True. I'm, I'm a lone gamer. You're alone. You're you're, you're, like, <laughs> you're the lone wolf gamer. I mean, there. like I I, I the used Rambo to, of gamers. I, I used to have fun like doing multiplayer with uh, like someone on the couch next to me. Like we used to play multiplayer online sure. with Halo back in the day. We played a lot of Halo. Um, but. It's just, three specifically. It's just not as fun when I'm sitting there by my like. When I play my video games, I prefer for, I, I prefer one player games. Yes. where it's just you know story driven. My campaign, exactly. I'm doing my thing. I'm just I'm playing my game. Fuck off! I don't care what you. People I don't have anyone talking in my yep. ear. Don't don't want any of that I shit. No, need that. I'm the same on that one for sure. Uh, maybe that's why I got less into video games over recent years because they have gone so community based. They have, and I'm just not into it. It's such a bummer. Fortnite. That's all Fortnite is, right? Yeah. Playing with other people. Yeah. No, thank you. All these games: World of Warcraft, Fortnite, yeah. the fucking all that bullshit. Yeah, yeah. It, it's massive multiplayer stuff. Yeah, and even Animal Crossing, where you can build your own thing. The, essentially, you want to like go to other people's islands and think, interact with others. You can. I don't think that's the main point. Though. You don't have to, though. Yeah. Mm. I, I think you can just be like a hermit if you want to, Chris. Yeah. See, I want to build. <laughs> My own you, island. You can be the Animal Crossing hermit. Where like you can just <laughs> tell everybody to stay the fuck away. You can make the you can make the, the outside look ugly, yes. so no one wants to come in. And then on the inside, it's, it's, ama- it's want, amazing. You know? Gold uh, toilets and it's, elevators, oh, and then exactly. I can have moats and mm-hmm. uh, sentries yeah. and uh, Montgomery Gentries and all this stuff out there, yeah. keeping people away. Exactly. Whatever whatever is uh, displeasing can yep. keep people away. All right, so I have an Animal Crossing plan for twenty twenty one. That's good to know. But until we get there, we have to stop here. And this stop along the way means we talking Bill and Ted face the music. Yeah. We did it. There we are. We watched it. We saw it. It came out of the red box. It came out in on VOD. When was that? End A while of ago. August. But it was twenty bucks. And I mean, as was, much as I love twenty bucks. As much as I love Bill and Ted, and in all reality And had good if, word of mouth, good reviews. If we if we had split that twenty dollars then and watch the movie, mm-hmm. I would have been okay with that. Maybe, sure. Yeah, Maybe, yeah 10 and 10 would have been a little bit better. But then, I mean, are we always going to be splitting every $20 thing? No, and then, but I'd rather wait to see if it's actually worth it and then regret not giving the money as opposed to just paying the $2 that I did at the Redbox and calling it a day. And then only two, one, two, so about 10 weeks later was available for much less. Yeah. It was the same movie. It's not like it was a different movie Mm-mm. or that we missed it. 
in theaters or a chance to see it in the theater. Uh, oh, that would have been fun. Yeah, it, I think it could have worked in the theater. It does feel like a streamer movie in a weird way, even though I mean, it was meant for theaters. Yes, but at the same time, like the way the way the comedy played, yeah, I would have. I think. Oh, and after a, and a while, and an audience everybody nice. would have gotten into it. Yeah. You know, they would have just gone along for the ride. Yeah. They'd do its thing. And everybody would have laughed together. It, it would have been. It, it is definitely like uh, like the Borat movie that we talked about a few yeah. weeks ago. It would have been nice to see it in a theater full of people. Excited to see a Bill and Ted movie mm-hmm. in on all the jokes and everything. Uh, yeah, because it's for sure. It's a comedy. They're all comedies. Mm-hmm. I like how this one is. At times, self-aware about what the franchise is. Yes. How the dad, the how chief it all has, works. Yes. At one time, it's like you claimed you did this and you did that. And you it's didn't all, do it's any of it. Go get a job. Uh, it's pretty funny. Yeah. And, and then it all pays off later. It's uh, pretty well written. I, I was surprised at how good it actually was, Chris. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, how much thought they did put into it, and it does not feel like oh, it's just like capitalized on that no. heat and, no. and crap something else. No, like it, somebody cared about the Bill and Ted franchise. Someone had an idea, <laughs> and like we think this is a fun, uh, plausible way to uh, move everything forward and believable. And yeah, sure, it was fun, it was good. Yeah. And then again, like every now and then, you had characters like Jillian Bell's character who. When she's confronted with the quote reality of the situation, it like breaks her brain because yep. nothing makes any Doesn't sense. Work, yeah. <laughs> and then also the movie itself. So this the stakes of it are uh, the ending of reality for some reason. Uh, yes. Like uh, time uh-huh. is unraveling uh-huh. and unfolding uh-huh. in on itself. Yep. So the the stakes are huge, right? But then it's uh, like in the first movie they time they time travel throughout time, and then the second one they want to. Heaven, they went to hell and all this shit. And this third one, they were just like going through their own like possible life. Yeah, yeah, they were going through their own multiple. Like, yeah. mul- they were basically going through the Bill and Ted multiverse. The multiverse, and yes. it was fucking hilarious, Chris. It, it, was, it was good. <laughs> no, it was still good and enjoyable for sure. But it was like they just spanned forty years of their own lifetime. Yeah, uh, you know, to have all these time traveling possibilities. Yeah. But then they have the whole subplot with the daughters. Yeah, they're the ones going through certain periods of time. But even then, it felt like. Smaller, it just it, it does. It feels smaller because right. it's a little, when the, uh, you consider inflation and things like mm-hmm. that. It, it may have cost the same amount, if not less, than the other yeah. two Bill and Ted's. Mm-hmm. It's possible. Uh, this thing is wildly Bill and Ted's wildly popular for some reason. Think about the there were animated shows. I think two yeah. separate animated shows, yeah. maybe a live action show. There was a video game. Was I there? think I think so. I think there was a. Serial, I want to say. Okay. Of course, the Universal show that they tried out every year. Uh, oh, up until recently, I think they stopped it kind of recently. Wild, the Bill and Ted longevity kind of reminds me a little of the the Turtles, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. How the hell yeah. is that so popular for so long? Well, here here's the thing, Chris. Bill like, doing if if Keanu Reeves hadn't gone on to become Keanu Reeves, like the Bill and Ted franchise would have. Like, if they both would have ended up like the other guy. Alex Winter. Alex, like Alex Winter. No one would be cramming for, you know. A third one. Yeah, there would be no third Bill and Ted. That's that's right. That's possible. Yeah, because Alex, is it Winter or Winters? He is a now, like, director and producer. He's gone behind the scenes. He was in, probably his other big movie was The Lost Boys. Yeah. He, he was in, like, one of the, the Kiefer's, like, vampire gang in that one. But otherwise. Yeah. Uh, yeah, he's really no one knows him nearly as well. Goddamn Neo, this is John Wick over here, and now he's back doing the bro thing, dude. <laughs> I was bro for, for for the first five minutes of the movie. 
I was put off. It's a little weird at first. Because it's been so long since I've 50, seen Keanu do this. It's 55-year-old Keanu but doing Surfer, bro. Within five minutes, like, whatever switch in my brain, like, turned on, and it just, it, it worked. It, it was right back to Bill and Ted. Allowed it, <laughs> when it allowed it to happen. Yeah. yeah. I guess that first scene is them at the wedding doing the sort of like a best man speech type thing but then yeah. introducing their song they think it's finally gonna save the world unite the world yeah and they're doing a Mars Volta Jam and session then, and then they do a Mars Volta Jam <laughs> session and then spoiler alert for the song that does uh, unite the world at the end that they play um, like obviously that's how all these movies end they yeah. all end with them playing a song it's to me sounded like uh, flaming lips, polyphonic spree, like yeah, like this is a, it's meant to be big, lots of instruments, uh, like ah, big choruses, uh-huh. you know, yeah. shit like that. It, music was uh, fine. Was, I guess yeah, what I'm it, to say. it was great. <laughs> I mean, it's tricky when you're making a movie about music. And when, it's like the music's gonna change everything, when, and when, then what if you write a bad song? When Jimi Hendrix and Mozart have the face off, that was awesome. That was fucking epic. Yeah, that was great. <laughs> I, really, I really enjoyed that. Uh, I wanted more stuff like that too. Uh, the whole interacting musical legends from different time periods and uh, having them like create new stuff together. Although I did like when they finally do get them all together at the end to start playing. It's, just, it's a mess. Yeah, they're all just doing their own thing. Yeah, <laughs> yeah and it's loud and Mozart starts yelling like, I can't hear the flautist can't hear that. <laughs> Uh, it was fun. It's entertaining and sweet. Yeah. And it has like a nice story. Yeah. It's mm-hmm. like it's like a Hallmark card. It where, is. Yeah. yeah. Like I never really knew <laughs> all, all that stuff. Oh man, yes. When when Bill and Ted meet old Bill and Ted and yeah. they talk to each other, and they reconcile no, with not, themselves. Not only is it sweet and heartfelt, but it's also surprisingly deep yeah, for sure. how shallow Bill and Ted are. It's like <laughs> it's like that Rocky Balboa street philosophy stuff yeah. where he, he's saying something and he's dumb about it, but then he's thinking like, oh, yeah, like oh, yeah, yeah. yeah, I mean, that's universal. Yeah. Well, do, have I really opened up myself to myself? <laughs> <laughs> I never really got to know myself. Yeah, have it's, I be, re- it's because I hid myself from myself. Exactly. I hid myself. Like, what? <laughs> There's a weird thing where I thought the movie was going one way yeah. and I thought thought it was the movie was going to be about bill and ted learning to be uh not codependent with each each other other. yeah because they were laying that pipe down really hard in the beginning and i thought it was about how if they can't essentially break up then their marriages and their lives are going to fall apart but that's not what it ends ends up being something i mean that ends up happening yeah but it's not like a thing well no that doesn't end up happening don't they fix all at the end I also feel like the time travel this one's just a little wonky. I don't know. That when they, especially I mean, when they start throwing in Kid Cudi multiverse explanation oh stuff and yeah. tangential that, that entanglement. Was, that was and, fucking weird. Yeah, now you're just like, <laughs> now you're just saying we're going to do whatever we want. Yeah. Consider this an infinite version of me. <laughs> <laughs> that was amazing. That was very really, really funny. Yeah, because but, like but you it's said, all about the delivery with yeah, that. <laughs> yeah, that's what I was say. It's like you said, because, because it's Keanu, because it's him doing Bill... He's Bill, right? He's Ted. Because it's him doing Ted. And he's it's his character, so he slides right back into it. No. And eventually does feel like an old shoe. Uh like it just it just fits right. Um yeah, that's why that's why that works. That's good. Mm-hmm. That's good. It was pretty good. It was pretty it good. It was surprisingly good. At that but then also expectations. We were going into it initially anyway, no. thinking it was not gonna be good. No. Like before it came out. I'm, you know, and, and then and just then it, the idea behind it, I'm like, okay, Bill and Ted Three, yeah. like that sounds cool, but like this could go wrong yeah, way gonna, more ways than it could go right. This is gonna be so bad. Um so possibly bad. But then it did come out for twenty bucks. Some people saw it and were like, No, this is actually surprisingly good. Had a fine rotten tomato score. Uh so it was okay. Expectations ding up just a little bit. 
but they were still not like super high. So I think yeah. that helps. Also, the fact we're watching at home on re- uh, from a Redbox rental versus like we're at the theater opening weekend. Oh my god, we're here! It's, it's, I think that all plays into it. Yeah. Um, also, I think that because it is such a essentially nice movie, and you know the world sucks right now. Right now, now it's yeah. twenty twenty. Yeah, it helps. It's nice to have something like this. Like, oh, okay, this is this is actual like escapism. <laughs> yeah. Uh, oh, hundred percent. Yeah. yeah. It, and, it, and it worked in its way for what, ninety minutes. Yeah, something like that. What and was it? It was pretty real timeish, right? They had, yeah, they had a real time element. Eventually, going. they did, they did have a countdown clock going. So yeah, and then I, I actually want more movies to do that, where someone checks in, how much longer left in the movie, Ted, and he goes <laughs> twenty seven minutes, Bill. And all I, right, I'm like, all right, yeah. cool. excellent. So we have about twenty eight minutes left in the same guess. Excellent, at most. Excellent. <laughs> yeah, when they break out the first one. Oh, the first one, it just it, it hit that string in my yeah, heart. <laughs> yeah, they, they did a pretty like I hate fan service, but I yeah, think but, they did but here's a pretty the thing. good job. They, they didn't overdo it. They only used that twice. That once with just Bill and Ted. Yeah, and, and then, then once with Death. Yeah, and, and that was it. Or then they had the yeah, the ex- base. Yeah, but still, but other than that, far. like it wasn't overplayed. Yeah, that's true. So. They, they kept that stuff to a minimum, and then they added new stuff. Uh, that worked. I like the. Uh, the girls playing the girl kids. Bill and Ted's. I like girl Bill. And Ted. <laughs> I don't know who was girl Ted, but uh, it was cool that they got not Margot Robbie. Samara Weaving. Yeah. No. Yeah, not Margot Robbie. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We got her running around out there. We got fake Jennifer Lawrence mm-hmm. in this uh, Hillbilly Elegy movie coming mm-hmm. out. I think, what's her name? The way she's trying to separate herself from Jennifer Lawrence. I think I mentioned this last time. Uh, I mentioned her. I think she's just putting on weight. Oh, okay. So she's getting, so she's, she's, fat getting, she's getting a little thicker. Okay. Yeah. And I go, oh, okay, yeah, thanks. Mm-hmm. Meanwhile, <laughs> J Law, she was like a few years ago saying how Hollywood was pressuring her, people pressuring her to lose weight. Like her lose weight, weight. I was about to say what? <laughs> uh, Hollywood's crazy. Yeah, th- yeah, those girls are great. Bill and Ted, they were cool. It was fun. It was a fun movie. And we even got uh, Hollow Carlin. Yeah, I remember reading about that. So I couldn't recall going into it if that was just like an idea that they floated if they were actually going to do it or whatever and then it was just like a um, yeah, but once again sort of like a museum exhibit type yeah exactly thing. not overplayed pretty smart yeah and then it was the only time you saw him yeah. it lasted what five seconds exactly mm-hmm. Rufus <coughs> uh, yeah so Bill and Ted gets a thumbs up it's yeah, getting, it good. It's getting a thumbs up from I say, us I say it was, not, it was above fine Chris it was good it was, yeah for sure for sure it was good stuff Good stuff for sure. Uh, okay, let's get into some media diets. I didn't watch Fargo. I did. Was it good? Yeah. That's episode Continue, eight, uh, episode nine, eight. Episode Season four, episode eight. Man, yeah. I was not expecting Gaetano's reaction to previous week when he when he body slammed his brother and then he picked him up and I was like, hey. Oh, dude, just wait until this week. <laughs> he's, he's insane. You can't yeah. trust that dude. He's bonkers. He's doing, he's doing crazy eyes the whole time. All time, yeah. All, all times crazy this, eyes. The, the whole next episode, he only does one crazy eye, though, because the other one's swollen and shut from getting beat up. Yeah. And he's still healing. Nice. So he, yeah. he only has one crazy eye. <laughs> they get his ass worked by that dude. That was uh, satisfying uh-huh. because uh, he's, a, he's a monster. He is. He's a monster. Um, uh, it, it, since it is an anthology show and they do it every season, certain characters end up dying along the way. So certain characters did die in that previous episode. It's like, oh yeah. man, that's a bummer. Uh, so we'll see how it uh, goes on though. Uh, how about that Mando? Oh yeah, fucking cameos galore, dude. It's pretty wild. Uh, cameos in terms of like act, 
actresses, and, everything, and then also like the characters too. Yeah, it's, that's what I'm saying. They're they're um, like cartoon characters who are now making their live action debuts, which is pretty cool. Oh, okay, is that is, are some of the Mandalorians from the cartoon stuff? Yeah, um, Katie Sackoff. Okay, yes, the Battlestar from Galactica Girl. chick. Yeah. yeah, so she was Bo Katan. Yep, and I had to read some of this stuff. It's not like I know any of this. No, I don't know. I'm not. I'm not that deep into Star yeah. Wars lore. I do want to watch Clone Wars though because it's supposed to be quite good, especially I, I, when Filoni uh, essentially takes over at some point. Yeah, I mean, I I watched the original Clone Wars, yeah. the the two D the two D animated because that was done by Gendy Tartakovsky. Sure, yeah, and yeah, they yeah. actually kept his character designs when they continued with the three D. Heck yeah, like it still looks. Like Gendy Tartakovsky. That's cool. So, yeah, that's very cool. They just um, uh, updated the design. W- yep. But so, is that when Filoni took over? Yeah. Oh, what the like, Filoni took over. It yeah. continued being good. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, that's um, Bo Katayan is trying to get the Darksaber. Darksaber, yes. Because. Uh, so she, she can be the queen of Mandalore once again. Yes. And um, she was part of a group called the Death Watch. Okay, so is that why we had uh, Sasha Banks whooping ass as a Mandalorian? Yes. <laughs> she's part of the Death Watch. Uh, and also, apparently, uh, so Armando, uh-huh. he's, he's part of the Children of the Watch. They're, they're a splinter group. Yeah, apparently. And uh, that's why he keeps, that's why he's like religiously adhered to keeping his mask on. Yeah. And the other one's like, okay, man, I can't breathe to this thing. I'm all about my freedoms. Yeah, he's a religious zealot. He's a religious zealot. And they're like, the yeah, I mean, CO2 got- is building up in here, uh, but it also doesn't keep the virus out. I mean, he, does, he doesn't know he's a religious zealot, but. No, no he I is. mean, when you grow up in it, you don't know. Yeah, he's yeah, just like, yeah. this is just this the is way. This, this, is the, this is the way. This is the way. <laughs> this is the way. Uh, yeah, that was the. Some, that was interesting. That was some fun, interesting stuff. And then also, so he's like looking for, you know, more uh, Mandos. So then she's like, well, a very funny line of dialogue that only works if you're into Star Wars. She's like, go to like the. The, the the croissant district of the market station <laughs> and blah 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 fine uh-huh. fine Corvus the, <laughs> the, the 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 generated it was like a ridiculously sounding what is it Star Wars stuff it's what Star Wars is and that's when so he's going to see As- Asako Ohasko yeah the, the one from Clone Wars the what's the, her name I don't know Ashoka I think Ashoka Ashoka Binks I don't know. And that's gonna be Rosario Dawson. Yeah, yeah. And oh, Kitty Sackhoff voiced that character in the uh, Clone Wars cartoon. I mean, it makes so sense. So she got to play it. Uh, yeah, yeah. Because she's. Really uh, cool. I mean, she's uh, like U.S. sci-fi royalty. Mm. Fucking, she's in everything. Yeah. Now they can th- they can throw her in. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, she does uh, get to make the rounds, which is cool. She's good. I yeah. like her. No, it's fine. And yeah, I mean, of course, and he had some uh, some cute baby Yoda stuff. and some fucking. We got boshed, Chris. I did. He just got boshed. I, 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 I was watching. We got, with, we got boshed. I was watching with my brother, and I was like, "We got boshed." Uh, yeah, that was awesome. Type twelve <laughs> fucking shows up. Like, this this motherfucker. I was just, I was watching something else. From like the nineties, or part of something, and he comes walking in. I'm like, look at that motherfucker! He's been oh, around for so long. Well, I, I mean, it's all all of a sudden like all the Deadwood people are just showing up in the Mandalorian show. We got Titus, we had oh, fucking uh, Seth Bullock, uh, yeah. and actually, I was doing some reading. Uh, the bartender in the first episode, mm-hmm. you know, you know who was underneath that mask? <laughs> it's fucking Dan. Really? <laughs> that's weird. That's like yeah, more, it was Dan more than, from Deadwood. That's more than a coincidence. So yeah, no, I, I have a feeling we're, we might get as a lot of Deadwood people in this in this season because we've already gotten three. Yeah, uh, <laughs> uh, John John Hawks. What's his name? Hawks. He's gonna show up uh, at some point as an alien. Yeah, 
Oh, that's uh, it was. Uh, I mean, is, uh, hopefully we can get us some fucking alien swearjin. <laughs> I don't know if I can take that. I, I can't <laughs> if like a puppet shows up and then starts talking in Swergen's voice. Like I can't do this, guys. <laughs> this is too much. I mean, right now uh, he's like Tatooine cocksucker. Yeah, yeah. But right now, when I hear Al Swergen's voice, I I think Odin. So oh yeah, because <laughs> I watched American Gods. Yes, I still need to watch Mr. Fucking Wednesday. Man, uh. How many episodes? Eight eps? Ten eps? Oh, and this was also a Bryce Dallas Howard yeah, episode, episode yeah. which is cool. I noticed that. Uh, I saw a thing where someone took the the sequence of the Apollo 13 capsule re-entry from the Ron Howard Apollo 13 movie. They took that sequence and then put it right next to her, like, uh, the, the the Mando ship, the, what's, what's it called? The Crest? Yeah, when, it, like when, when it's doing the entry, I'm yeah, sure yeah. she just ripped it off it, shot, shot, <laughs> shot for shot, just like, this one's going left, this one's going oh, right, but yeah. it's, it's shot for shot, yeah, and she was like, this is 100% like because of my dad. She, know, she knows who to steal from, Chris. She's like, <laughs> she's like, I'm stealing from my dad in this one. And it's cool. Yeah, she did a great job. Yeah. Yeah, she's the... Uh, I like how she's uh, getting to do some of these shows, and but they're still like pretty decent sized shows. Well, the, and you can grow in that as a director. Yeah, and, I, I was about to say like most of these things are like hour long episodes. So yeah, they're and, close to like fifty minutes. And in all reality, with the amount of shit going on and the budget on these things, I mean, she might as well be shooting a feature film. Yes, yeah, there's a lot of money in there. So so she's getting she's getting some uh, good film schooling by actually doing. Yeah, she's gonna make a movie someday, pretty soon. Oh yeah, you just wait and see. It also helps. I mean, it, you know, it's great. More need more female directors, more support behind female artists out there. But uh, it, it got we have to admit that it helps when a majority of the women directors who are out there, they're all good-looking white ladies. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, <laughs> current crop of fe- uh, female directors: Bryce Dallas Howard, Elizabeth Banks, <laughs> Olivia Wilde. Uh, you want to go a little back further? Look up pictures of Catherine Bigelow and Patty Jenkins. There, these are milfs. Yeah, they're total milfs. It's weird. But anyway, we're um, superficial society. We're terrible, and uh, uh-huh. it's all a joke, and then we die. Mm-hmm. So, speaking of, it's all a joke. I saw the that Jesus is the greatest punchline, Chris. That is it's the greatest, it's the greatest punchline of all time. No, life is the punchline. No, life is the joke. Death is the punchline. It's like punchline. you go through all the bullshit, all the bullshit, <laughs> and then guess what? You're dead. And then you're dead. Life is the crime, and the sentence is death. Is death. I'm okay with that. Um, the Jesus rolls. That, that the, sounds like uh, Jack McCoy saying. It does. It. <laughs> Jack McCoy, Judge Death, same person. <laughs> same person. Um, yeah, okay. So the Jesus rolls. This is John Turturro's yeah. uh, writing and directing uh, unofficial pseudo-sequel to The Big Lebowski where he is Je- Jesus Quintana being let out of prison at the beginning of the movie. Uh, his friend meets with him, this dude, Petey, who's a, a dummy, played by Bobby Cannavale. And uh, they just essentially do, like, a uh, road sex comedy, sort of. And, okay. Uh, yeah. It's not good. <laughs> well, I'm sorry. Yeah, this movie's not good. The best thing about it, it's 90 minutes. Okay, so nice quick, at that, least. That's the reason I clicked on it. Is there, is like, there a countdown? I wish. Oh. How much time left in this movie? Man. <laughs> Mine, mine. Um, yeah, man, it's it's uh, it's a bummer of a movie. It's not that great. It feels like a '90s indie, uh, com- 
indie film. Okay, but it's year 2020, Chris. That's the problem. So it feels like out of time and not in a cool way. Like, oh, this is like a cool lost movie. It feels like, oh, this movie came out in the 90s. And then we all forgot about it because it's bad. And now we're rediscovering it and realizing, oh, this is why we forgot about it. Because it's bad. Because it's forgettable. Yeah. It's just not that great. It's There's a whole run of these movies that came out after um, Sundance and Sex, Size, and Videotape got really popular. And then Tarantino blew up. No. Everyone was like, I can make a, a talky uh, character film with these people just like driving around. and, and it, it's, I mean, yeah, if you have talent, you can. Yeah. It did, yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's a turtle's talented, though. And there are tons of people involved. Audrey Tateau is in it from Amelie. I mean, I'm sure, but was it... Actually, the cast is pretty stacked. Were the Coen brothers involved not at, at all. all? Not at all. That's why it didn't work. It's, it's, it's not... They're it not doesn't, involved at all. It, it doesn't have their thing. Whatever their Mm-mm. fucking Coen touch is. Now, uh, apparently, according to the interwebs, this is based on a book from the 70s, a French novel that itself got turned into a movie okay. 1974 called Going Places starring Gerard Depardieu. Gerard Depardieu. And it's actually the role that kind of broke him out internationally. Interesting. And it's the same thing. It's about two guys who mm-hmm. go on like a, on a sort of just a road trip and they encounter a few sexual encounters along the way and there's supposed to be comedy and whatever. So it's, it's like, Jesus and Petey, uh, at one point, Jesus tries to convince Petey to sleep with him. Petey gets shot, uh, like, right in, in the testicle, right next to the testicle, early on. So he's complaining about his balls the whole movie. Uh, there's one, three, there's a three-way with Susan Sarandon. There's a sort of, like, you go and then I go with Audrey Tateau. Um, Pete Davidson shows up at one point to shoot someone. <laughs> okay. And who else is in it? It's kind of a, it's like a stat cast. You know how you do a stat cast in such a small movie like this? Tiny parts. Mm-hmm. All these people show up for like a handful of scenes, most, and then they're gone. It's really just Totoro, Cannavale, and uh, Tato comes in out. John Hamm is in like one scene in the beginning, mm-hmm. two scenes in the beginning. It's and then you can say starring John Hamm. Sorry, John on the poster. Look at him on the poster right there. John Hamm. Look at this star-studded ensemble film. And then he's like, I'm a hairdresser. And then he leaves. And the, you're like, all right, there's John Hamm. All right, bye bye, John Hamm. Hope you got your uh, le- uh, uh, union minimum wages for this one. So anyway, Jesus Rose wasn't that good. I saw it on Showtime. That's why I watched it too. It was on Showtime. Boo! I uh, I finally watched the Palma documentary. Oh yeah, yep, that was good. Put it up on Netflix. It's very entertaining. It is for sure for people who like movies, and especially if you like Brian De Palma. It's not in a way gonna convince people who aren't into that no. kind of stuff because it's just like let's just talk about all your movies yeah. you know, and go down the line and I mean, get stories I, from you I don't like all of Brian De Palma's films Correct. but I do like a lot of them and so I, yeah, I like I, his, I'd like to know more I like his style overall and I'll take a bad De Palma movie uh, often over any other like bad movie you, you know, know. Uh, I every now and then I want to rewatch Femme Fatale I'm like man this thing's bad yeah it is but you know what I so do fun. every once in a while I'll watch uh, I, I've actually been Peace watching Fen Fatale for the last couple of months. Sure, I'll, I'll watch like fifteen and twenty or twenty minutes and just be like, "Well, I can't take this anymore." Yeah, it, <laughs> it's, it's got some great scenes, but it's so ridiculous and a bad, bad ending. And then yeah. where you're just like, "What uh, the fuck?" Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, now it's fun because the documentary does it skips over his first like all his shorts and his really cheapos. It, yeah. it kind of does pick up with. The Wedding Party, which I've never seen, I won't. That one he did with young Bobby D. Yeah. And then uh, Sisters, right? 
and then starting with Sisters for it gets most pretty much most of his movies. So it's interesting to see which ones I have seen and which ones I've missed. Mm-hmm. So using the documentary, I figured out which movies that I, I want to watch to be able to really plug in some uh, BDP holes that mm-hmm. I have in my filmography. And I don't think I'm going to watch everything. Like I don't know if I'm going to watch Bonfire of the Vanities. If it's, if it's such a big uh, miss on all levels, and I haven't read the book. Yeah. So I'm not going to get that like part of it. Yes, that kind of uh, self-education out of it, being able to compare what he did and didn't do. So anyway, uh, so I watched the Palma, and then after that, it's on HBO Max. I watched Sisters from 1972. Margot Kidder is one half of a separated, conjoined twin set. Uh, movie opens with her meeting a dude, takes him back to her place to fuck, uh, and then eventually he ends up getting killed. By the other conjoined twin question mark dun, dun, dun. curiosity and then uh, a big chunk of it is set in rear window Hitchcock fashion a neighbor from across the street uh, happens to, like look out her window and see the bloody hand and he's writing help on the window in blood so he's she's like trying to call the cops and get people over there to investigate and it's uh, it's really entertaining it's really good it does sort of fall apart towards the end it gets into like an extended dream sequence at one point like a nightmare sequence and then it ends in a way that's like well who's the <laughs> so what is wait. there a conclusion here yeah is there a killer <laughs> did she kill who killed who <laughs> wait am I supposed to decide for myself yeah because I'm not sure if I can with uh, the amount of information given yeah like I don't even feel like I really want to I just want you to tell me what happened in, in this particular instance I'm here for um, cheap thrills not not deep thoughts you know that the, the Palma is for sure uh, the purveyor of cheap thrills, oh, yeah. like dressed up really nice. That, yeah, yeah. That's, what, that's what I want. Yeah. That's what I want. So I watched that one. It's very good. And I, mean, I mean, that bathroom scene in Femme Fatale. Woo. Yeah, man. It's so, <laughs> it's so wild. It's so like um, alluring and male gazy. But then there's like a heist going on this whole time. And it's so tense and well shot. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Femme Fatale is wild. The I'm going to I need to watch. I haven't seen a uh, body double. Which uh, looks sexy as fuck. Okay. <laughs> so I need to watch that. I think the next one I'm going to watch, which I'm going to have to rent these because they're not available on, like... Although, it's strange. So Phantom of the Paradise, I haven't seen. I'm going to rent that mm-hmm. next. It's on Shutter, but on the Shutter, like, via the Amazon channel. Oh, so it's only through whatever weird... If, if, I, sign up, if I had signed up for Shutter through Amazon, I could watch this movie. But since I don't, I sign up through Shutter. That's weird. I can't watch it. And then when I look up, oh, differences the different between Shutter and Amazon, what I was reading was um, Amazon gets everything later. Oh, okay. So why is it backwards in this case? I don't know. Well, I, don't, no. I don't like that they have different, he, different here, movies. Here's the thing. They probably, mm-hmm. like... Shutter probably just did their rotation, yeah, which probably took that movie off of their rotation. Interesting, but because and Amazon's behind. behind, it's still on Amazon. Maybe that's what it is. God damn it! Well, that's another four bucks I'm gonna have to fucking spend. But I'm gonna do it, okay? Because I want to see it. And uh, so I talk about that, 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 and finally, I finished season one of Mr. Mercedes. Mr. Mercedes. Mr. Mercedes. So previously, I'm Mr. Mercedes. And then I also started season two. I think I'm three episodes in. Okay. And it's it's good. Season two is a little... Eh, they introduced another, like, some new characters and a subplot. Um, that is still, like, tied into everything, but I'm not, like, sold Into on it. it. Yeah, so whenever they cut to them, I'm like... You're like, yeah, come on, back to the other stuff. Yeah, can, can we get back to Mr. Mercedes, please, already over here? This is what I'm here for. And, um... 
But Brendan Gleeson's great, and in the second season, his character is like trying to start a um, like a skip tracing um, private eye business with uh, Holly, with, uh, yeah, Holly Gibney. Uh, but he's not having a good go at it. He's, yeah, he's sad about it, suppressing him. And uh, he's like, I, I don't want to be uh, repoing cutters with baby seats in the back of him. And uh, it's it's good. It's a little more. It feels well. Actually, the first season. The reason I even like it is because it's a pretty character-driven show, pretty yeah. character-based. In the second season, he is like reconnecting with his ex-wife, mm-hmm. and they're having some interesting scenes together. That uh, you know, it's not what you go to a Stephen King mystery sort of supernatural show for, but I like that it's there because it makes the characters. Yeah, uh, matter Spoiler. yeah like when some of them died in the first season you're like whoa and then in the second season some characters die early on you're like whoa I sort of like that character now let's go as long as Breezy Gleeses is around though we're good to go they, second season does get more Stephen Kingy mm-hmm. in that now a character is um like locked in their mind. Oh, okay. So they're like running around in their brain using computers and stuff and like looking through their eyes and then uh, interacting with people. And there's some sort of like weird psychic energy connection sort of thing, like bot- mind control connection thing that I don't fully understand. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. So it's getting a little Stephen weird. King-y. Yeah. A little weird, but I'm enjoying it. That's on that playcock. Mr. Mercedes. And that's it. That's my media diet. What do you got for me? Oh, uh, I mean, besides the stuff that we already talked about Fargo Mandalorian. Yeah. Uh, I watched, I'm not sure if I mentioned this before. <clears throat> there's this kind of there's a French production. It's an animated thing on Prime called Great Greek Myths. Great Greek Myths. <clears throat> Where it's basically just but like this isn't that Netflix thing. That's a different net, uh, Greek anime thing, right? Yeah, that was that was the Blood of, the Zeus. Blood of Zeus. That yeah. was an anime. So what's, what's, this is just like a, a a retelling of the Great Greek myths, okay. but through. Uh, like animation and just some dude talking and then it shows a lot of artwork that has been made throughout the ages of those those characters those in those scenes from the myths because you know people have been painting Greek myths since it fucking happened sure yeah so that sounds cool yeah it's fun and it's a series it's a series it's a French thing um uh, in 2015, they had they did they're all 26 minute episodes, so I'm sure this is on like Canal Plus or something. Yeah, yeah. Um, but they did 20 episodes in 2015, 10 episodes in 2018. And I thought that was just kind of like it. It was like a two thing, like a two series thing. Yeah. <clears throat> but I turned on Prime the other day, and it was like new episodes. You've watched this, and I was like, what? Oh, so I recommended the new one. Season? Yeah. So there was there was a new season uh, in 2020, 10 episodes about the Odyssey. Nice. So that's cool. Yeah, it was fun. Yeah, was S- cool. Something to watch, mindless. I, I like surprise. Learn something. I like surprise releases. They're like, I wasn't expecting there to be a new thing. Yeah. You're that new Run the Jewels single from the. I was just about to say Cyberpunk. The Cyberpunk ch- soundtrack. Did you see the video for it? No, there's a video. The vi- dude, you need to. You- we should watch the vi- you should watch the video. Right, <laughs> the video is bonkers. <laughs> uh, I'm sure it's probably like the the little cover art just, image that, that pops ju- up for it. Just imagine cyberpunk, yeah, and run the jewels, run the jewels. and mash them together, and that's exa- it's exactly what you think it is. Very cool. Yeah, that, that's fun. That's yeah. exciting that, that came out. Yeah, well, because they're on the soundtracks. So yeah, they're gonna be in the game. I don't like not as characters, but in, in like the radio mm-hmm. of the game. Yeah, like that song is gonna be in there. It's always a so, fun. You know, uh, you'll just be cruising down the street, murdering motherfuckers, and all of a sudden, run the jewels starts playing. It's like yeah. Always a fun option to be able to uh, drive a vehicle in a, in a video game and like change the radio. Yep. <laughs> 
<laughs> that's all. That's simulation theory, that's man. Gr- Grand Theft Auto, dude. You, you got he started it. You got Grand Theft Auto. People driving around, changing their radio, getting texts from their friends, like, "Yo, come meet me at this comedy club." And then you got to go and hang out in the comedy club. How's that? <laughs> how's that character not tricked into thinking they're alive? <laughs> <laughs> Maybe they are. Exactly. Maybe they are. That's wild. That's crazy wild stuff. All right, great. So great. that so that gets a thumbs up. Yeah. Okay. It's good. Cool. And uh, then Assassin's Creed Valhalla came out, so I've been playing the shit out of that. Uh, just this week, right? Yes. What, came, what's came so out Tuesday? Is this a Viking? Yes. Yeah, so you are. Uh, it's a lot less. So in the last couple Assassin's Creed games, yeah, uh, they've kind of turned it into more of like a action game, okay. le- less of like a stealth running around being spies. Because yeah. like the last one, Odyssey, you're basically like a Greek warrior just running through, doing a lot of the Greek Greek myths, yeah. things of that nature. Oh, uh, this time, you're just, you're a Viking in England mm-hmm. during the Viking invasion. Mm-hmm. So you're just running around murdering the fuck out of people. So it's, with, just, so it's a pillaging game. Yeah, it, It's a pillaging simulator. Basically, yeah. <laughs> and on, like I've been playing for probably like 20 or 30 hours now mm-hmm. uh, and I'm only starting now to get into like the Assassin's Creed part of the game. Meaning the whole Templar stuff and yeah. how that whole the all, mythos works yeah, into their and thing. how all that works, you know, with the the weird pre civilization and all that bullshit mm-hmm. and the assassins and the Templars. Mm-hmm. Uh like they haven't even touched on that yet. This is I'm mostly just like going through medieval England running around crumbled Roman ruins and uh murdering the fuck out of people with an axe in one hand and a giant hammer in the other. <laughs> And dude, it is so incredibly violent and very satisfying. Cool. Like you, if you kill a dude with a spear, mm-hmm. when when he's dead, mm-hmm. like you punch him in the face, yeah. and you take a spear from him, yeah. and you run it through his chest and pike him to the ground. Okay. okay. <laughs> like you're chopping off heads and smashing in skulls <laughs> with hammers. It is. It's a lot of fun. Yeah, like, you're smiling a lot as you describe no, the things that you're it's, doing. It's very enjoyable. <laughs> like, like if you've ever watched the show Vikings or watched any sort of like, yeah. Well, I've seen I've seen Valhalla. Uh, so if you've seen that, like, rising, a quote, right? like a quote unquote Viking raid, yeah. Yeah. like you're you're pretty much like playing that. So yeah, so it's it's a pillaging yeah. simulator. Yeah, Assassin's Creed is it's changed from. Like this whole assassins be- versus Templars thing, yeah. Into it's almost more of like a historical action franchise now. It's like it's like how Call of Duty just went through all the wars. Yeah, I uh, mean, they're going through all the great invasions. Because I mean, that's always been the fun of Assassin's Creed is the different parts of history. Sure, but it, that was done through this Assassin's Brotherhood and watching how they do things and interweave through history. Now yeah. they've kind of almost dropped that like that's almost like a side part of you just like running amok in whatever time period they drop you in sounds now. good to me I'll, I'll finally start playing when they do assassin's creed mongolia i mean i hope so right well, that'd be awesome that'd be awesome you could be like yeah. part, part of Genghis Khan's yeah. forces you uh-huh. could maybe be uh, old older yeah. Genghis himself yeah perhaps right temujin is his name chris See, you even know his name. I you did. Got, I, so I can happen. W- when, I, when I was in it's eighth grade, I did, a, I did a biography on him. 
actually. <laughs> Which, of course, makes you an expert. I love that. I feel the <laughs> same not, way. No, I'm not I'm, an expert. It's I'm, just, I'm, I, I, am, know, I know a couple of key facts. It, for to for my high school like entrance uh, like accept application or whatever, because it was a private school, I did a report on uh, Giant Squid. I'm all... Expert on giant squid now. Drew Zakagra after that four page report. I mean, not an expert, but like you, you, you know a little. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's true. You just know a little. Yeah. Uh, okay, so yeah, Assassin's, so, Assassin's yeah. Creed Valhalla. Yes. I, I just wrote Assassin's Valhalla. Yeah. Oh, and Assassin's one Creed. and a, another Valhalla. fun thing about this game yeah. is it really leans into the Viking drug use. Not only are like all kind of drugs we're talking like about drinking mead like crazy, sure, uh, and then there are part of the game. Some of the missions are hallucinogenic mushrooms, where you go and you eat some mushrooms, and weird, batshit, crazy, trippy shit happens, and you have to solve a puzzle. Whoa, that sounds wild. Yeah, mm. like, like the the last time it happened, there were a bunch of seals just flopping around the land. It was very strange. That is strange. Yeah. That sounds weird but and strange. Ubisoft has always been kind of weird with the drug use in their games, mm-hmm. uh, especially in the Far Cry Far Cry franchise. Mm-hmm. Like, there's always weird side missions where you get really fucked up on drugs and strange things happen <laughs> <Really>? <laughs> yeah it's fucking it's bonkers uh i like that yeah i like that it's like i mean come on when we were playing mario and he was eating mushrooms and getting large and stuff same thing it's the same thing he yeah. was being super powered by mm-hmm. the psilo- psilocybin super psilocybin power- super powered psilocybin uh, super mario is what we were doing the whole time uh-huh. so this is the same type of thing i can get with that it's, it's fun drugs have done some good things for us they have it's time that we let, let we reflect that in our art in our uh video games agreed the, our, the art of our video games yes yeah yes so assassin's creed valhalla thumbs up all right very good very very good uh is that it for yes. that that's it for that okay well we're gonna take a break guys it's uh first a quick commercial for streamlineflorida.com and then we'll be back with the second half we've got some emails and I have a whole bunch of news stories. So here we go. Hey, Crespo Diso listeners and Florida residents, time to go to streamlineflorida.com and see about getting a new home equity loan or refinancing your current loan. Guys, loan interest rates are at historically low levels. Take advantage today. Go to streamlineflorida.com to get the process started online or call them at 407-898-4477. You can even email the president, Brian Zymel himself, bzymel, B-Z-I-M-E-L, at streamlineflorida.com and ask them about how they can help you get better rates lower payments pay off your loan quicker what do you want to do streamline florida can help you do it they are a plus rated at the better business bureau they are highly recommended by many people they have so many great testimonials out there peter von saborski at scotch good conversation and dd von saborski from dinner and good conversation both used their services both super happy with streamline mortgage solutions Find out what they can do for you. Contact them today. Let them know Cinema Crespediso sent you.
sexy re-entry voice. Not really. I just came a little lower than I expected. Joseph Ogman. Chris Crispo. Yeah, yeah. What's up? That's, that's, that's all oh, I had. That's, yeah, that's yeah. yeah, yeah. Patreon.com slash Crespediso. Sign up today. Anywhere from $1 to $5 gets you access to all of our shows. Uh, we just put out our uh, bonus episode on... What did we do? The Karate Kid Karate from 1984. Kid. Man, that was a fun episode. I had a really good time recording that. I hope you guys enjoy listening to it. And it's available for you right now. Send them at at gmail.com. Email us, and we will read it on the show a lot like this. We got an email from Gabe. What's up, Gabe? What up, show? What up? Uh, look in my email. What do you see? It's everything you want it to be. What's, what's some of the best movies that highlights the cult of personality? I'm thinking the... <laughs> I'm thinking the War Boys in Fury Road, the Kangaroo Court in Dark Knight Rises, movies that delve into the misguided followers of a cult leader for no reason in particular. Four. Interesting. So we're talking cult leader specific because I was thinking Midsummer, but that's more of a community thing. Uh, I mean, there might be some sort of charismatic leader behind all that. That's we possible. don't really know. That's possible. Um, scary uh, cultist. Oh, well, there is a weird uh, serial killer, axe-wielding serial killer cult in Cobra. <clears throat> They're okay. a murder cult. Okay. The early 80s was good for yeah. movies where people were afraid of Satanists well, I mean, and street gangs. I, uh, so they combined the two. Yeah, I mean, Temple of Doom. The Thuggy Cult. Yeah. Yeah, that's straight up about the Thuggy Cult of, and Mola Ram. Yeah. Uh, maybe we'll talk a little bit more about that on Patreon in December. Spoiler alert, <laughs> possibly. Um, also, uh, John Carpenter has um, Assault on Precinct 13. They're like a satanic street gang that uh, is uh, chasing down this dad who witnessed the murder and he's holed up in a shut down police precinct. So that's the assault. Mm-hmm. So they stand around weirdly. I mean, uh, in that series, The Vow, there's that strange sex cult. Yeah, that was a real that, thing. That's real life, though. That guy just got like he a just got, life yeah. sentence to, to prison. Yeah. It's a pretty good sentence, well, and, and, and so did the uh, what the heiress to the Seagram's fortune. She got so, she she got like fifteen or twenty years too. Damn, Seagram's ain't gonna get you out of that one. No, you think they're gonna give her like uh, ginger ale or whatever? I don't know. Maybe, yeah, just maybe. maybe a couple seven and sevens right before she goes yeah. in, or maybe like uh, <laughs> all we have is Schweppes. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, this is truly hell. I should have got that brand. Did she get a brand or did she do the branding? Uh, good question. I don't know that one. I, just, I don't know the answer to that one. I just heard of things. I don't okay. actually haven't actually watched it. Um, good, good cult, cultish. Yeah, there's so many. I'm sure there are fun. more that I'm totally forgetting about. War Boys is a fun example. Obviously, yeah, that's oh, it a is. good one. It's a good cult. I wonder why uh, death cult behavior might be on the mind, Gabe. That's a weird thing to to bring mm-hmm. up randomly mm-hmm. in, in, mm-hmm. Uh, in this day and age. Yeah. It's strange. I don't. It's not like that's uh, evident in the world around us or anything. I mean, the evangelicals are a death cult. Oh yeah, they, they 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 are actively trying to get Jesus back on the earth so the world can end. Yeah, they're trying to bring about that end of the world because that's the second coming, baby, and yeah. then we get the new kingdom. Yeah, so apparently, so that that's a death cult. Listen, I can't build a new house without knocking down this house first. Yeah, you know, speaking of death cults, you know why suicide became a mortal sin in Christianity? No, I don't. Because in early Christianity, you know, every, everyone was like, you know, there there is an afterlife, there is a heaven. How oh, do so I get people there? have to kill people. Themselves? Just people just started fucking killing themselves so they could get to heaven. 
and yeah. eventually the church was like, this is not working out. We need to figure out something. So then they outlawed it. They were like, suicide sends you to hell. Mm-hmm. But what about all the people that did that before the edict? Are they in heaven? Chris. Did they find the loophole and then they closed the loophole? Chris, they're all in oblivion. That, that's what happened. No, see, they, <laughs> that first batch found the loophole and they used it and they uh, got in. And, and they closed the loophole. So they ruined yeah. it for the rest of us. Yeah. See, I could have killed myself years ago if it wasn't for those people. Mm-hmm. Yeah, why would I want to go to? I mean, Jesus says he's got a, a house of many rooms. He's got a room for each of us. Why, why, why do I have to have a roommate if I can have a room <laughs> my, for myself in heaven? In heaven, in heaven. Um, yeah. So there you go. Those are your top, top, top three death cults. <laughs> Number one, Indiana Jones and the Thuggy Cult. Number two, Evangelicals. Number three, uh. You know what I'm talking about. <laughs> <laughs> we got an email from uh, Carmella. What up, Carmella? Uh, are you looking for the new Safety Brothers movie? Oh, I thought he was about to like pitch us on Mormonism no. or something. Are, <laughs> are you looking for the answer? Are you looking for the new Safety Brothers movie? Well, there isn't one. <laughs> but there is Jungle Land, which is about as close as you can get. Jungle Land is the story of two down-and-out brothers. The older brother is dominant and manages the boxing career of the younger brother. Pretty similar structure to the brother's relationship in good time. Speaking of which, Charlie Hunnam stars, and I couldn't help but think of Robert Pattinson, which Hunnam seems to be channeling in a good performance. After the younger brother loses a bare-knuckle brawl match, we are introduced to Jonathan Majors, who plays a gangster in a small role. He is owed money from the brothers and now tasks them with traveling traveling cross-country to compete in a bare-knuckle brawl in California. Also, the brothers must transport a teenager to Nevada who they assume is a sex worker. What ensues is a wacky cross-country dark comedy road movie. The brothers are truly enveloped with the orb of chaos that all Tom and Dan listeners will recognize. Hmm. Selling this movie as a Safety Brothers knockoff probably is unfair. It is a good movie on its own terms. I have a feeling we all look back and Jungle Land could have the same effect on Charlie Hunnam's career that Good Time did for Pattinson's career. I also have a feeling we will be seeing co-stars Jake O'Connell and Jessica Barden in a lot of quality movies. Keep an eye out for director Max Winkler because he is one to watch as well. B.O.D. Winkler. And thanks for all the podcasts, Chris and Drew. Oh, you're welcome, welcome. Carmelo. Uh, that's a pretty good review. Sounds interesting. Jungle Land. It's got, uh, it's got Jonathan Majors. That's cool. It's got Charlie. I'm not the biggest fan of Charlie Hunnam. Not a fan either. Not yet. Uh, th- does he do a lot of screaming in this movie? Because like, it's Sons of Anarchy. That's the only way he can do an American accent. No, if he screams. If he screams. I've never watched Sons of Anarchy. Neither so. have I. That's just a secondhand what I've oh, heard. Gotcha. It's probably not even be true. I don't know. I'm just uh, regurgitating. Is that what podcasting is? Regurgitation? Yeah, pretty yeah, much. Yeah, pretty much. Um, Jungle Land. Okay, well, I'll keep an eye out for it. Uh, if it's on VOD now, then it'll be streaming on some Eventually. sort of service uh, within a couple months. Yeah. Uh, oh, okay. Chris. Yeah. Chris. There's, there's a crazy last, movie. Last time Drew stopped me like this, Alex Trebek there's, died. So let's see what there, happened here. There's a crazy movie on Amazon Prime right now. Oh, yeah. Yeah, text <laughs> no, me about it. We need it. to talk about it because I was going through Just Watch and I saw the cover art and I was like, it's the movie! Like It, exists. it wasn't a fever dream. I, I thought it maybe had been. It was like five years ago we watched this fucking weird-ass movie. Maybe even longer. Even longer. Yeah. And it, I don't even know how you found it to begin with. Neither do I. But it's on Prime and it's a movie called Dark Legacy. <laughs> and it is... Because that's another thing. I forgot the title. Yes, it's yeah. called Dark Legacy yeah. and it is this weird movie it's not a very good documentary poorly made poorly made but very informational it's very informational and it lays the groundwork for like 
what's the word I'm looking for? Conspiracy. I mean, conspiracy. Yes, it, it's good for conspiracy theories. But uh, I mean, it, it's just it's it's a lot of like what ifs and if mm-hmm. that's. But it it pretty much lays out that there's a very good chance there there's enough circumstantial evidence. Mm-hmm. That's what we're looking for. Cir- there you it go. lays a very good circumstantial case for George H. W. Bush being, if not. I mean, he probably wasn't the one that pulled the trigger. Yeah, he's not the gunman. But he was in charge of killing John F. Kennedy. Yeah, he was the reason why. And there is, according to, if this documentary is to be believed, and if it is true, which I'm not saying it is, because mm-hmm. I have not done my own private research. Just watch the movie. Just watch this crazy-ass movie. Yeah. But if this thing is true, then I do believe that George H.W. Bush had something to do with it's it. It's possible. And definitely knows about it. Yeah, it'd be the whole, it's the whole CIA thing. It is bonkers yes. i can't recall do they work in the mafia and the cubans all that stuff too yes yeah yeah the, the mafia wanted to get back into cuba uh that was ends up being a very small part of the irishman yeah it's like wait, we're getting to jc's <laughs> murder now and the irishman it's weird man but it That's is it is a wacky documentary and if you've got some time to kill i highly recommend <laughs> watching it just to laugh yeah for, for, <laughs> if, if you're like that charlie day meme where he's staying in front of the the board with all the red lines and he's freaking out. Yeah. That's his documentary. No, exactly. <laughs> yeah. But I mean, people are into QAnon now, so why, why, why can't if you're if you're gonna be into a weird conspiracy theory, I think this is the weird conspiracy theory to be into. It's fucking harmless <laughs> compared to some of that QAnon shit. Yeah, I mean, don't get into QAnon. Don't yeah. don't get into flat Earth. Get into the George Herbert Walker <laughs> Bush killed Kennedy clan. Yeah, <laughs> that's a much better, more interesting one. I mean, he's almost dead anyway. It's exactly. Not, it's not gonna bother Doesn't him. matter. It's fine. Um, okay. But I just wanted to bring that up. We were moving on. I, I, I appreciate didn't want to that. No, it. I appreciate that. Dark Legacy. It's out there. Amazon. 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 Uh, Prime. Here we go. News stories. I have a whole bunch of them. So, uh, oh, we got this amount of time, though. Brandon Routh explained why Superman Returns didn't get a sequel. Superman Returns again. <laughs> <laughs> Superman Re Returns? Superman Returns once more. Superman Rides again? That's a fun one. But uh, he, he doesn't really ride anything. He's not on a horse. He doesn't ride a motorcycle. He rides those tasty sky waves, bro. No. No. Okay. He said that there was an intention to do a sequel. There always is with a big tentpole like that. And they want to make more as long as they feel like they've recouped the money that they invested. And at the end of the day, Warner Brothers decided it was too much of a gamble for them to do a sequel. Creative entities, the writers and the directors were... Onto other things, certain people at the studio who were excited about Superman had left. So it was both the passion and interest of Superman dissipated, and also didn't bring back enough monetary success to pull the trigger. Uh, Superman Returns is a weird one. It is. It, w- it direct sequel Superman two. Is there a Super Child? Is there a Super Baby? Is there? Is uterus okay? Th- there is no definite answer on that, by the way. Yeah, this, <laughs> yeah it's a very, uh, it ends up being a weird Elseworlds Superman oh. movie. And uh, Brian Singer had left X-Men to make this movie because the opportunity came up at Warner and Fox was like, well, we're not going to wait for you to do X-Men 3. If you leave, we'll just uh, get a different director. Then they end up getting Matthew Vaughn. He quit after like a week, uh, but he still cast Kelsey Grammer, and that stuck. And then uh, Brett Ratner showed up, and then we got X-Men the last day. Ugh. Isn't that bad? Yeah. Isn't that bad? It's awful. And then we got Superman Returns, and I wasn't that good either. No. So I got like two not that good movies. That's a bummer. And then oh, Brett, well. And then Brandon Routh uh, got to... But that's I all think, right. It, that, 
both of those movies killed two franchises and at the time and, yeah. and let them be reborn better. Yeah, arguably, definitely better. And Ralph got to play Superman again in the DC um, Crisis on Infinite Earth mm-hmm. Arrowverse thing mm-hmm. uh, that they did. I think it was last year already. And in all reality, the way that the Marvel Universe worked, them even keeping on Hugh Jackman as Wolverine, it still worked. Yeah. Because he got rid of every well, and, and other I mean, characters have changed, they, but he's been the same guy. They, well, they they kept even with like Days of Future Past. Mm-hmm. They kept only like the best parts. <laughs> yeah, they found a way to yeah, yeah, like Patrick Stewart. Yes, he is Professor Charles Xavier. Mm-hmm. You know, fucking we're not changing that. No, Gandalf yeah. is Magneto. Like yes, <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Those are the best ones. And so we, and we can bring that back. Yeah. You know. Uh, that, and it still wiped the slate clean with everything else. But then, uh, but then they did Apocalypse. Like, oh, boy. oh, but then they did Dark Phoenix, and I was like, oh, boy. Oh, boy. Uh, so apparently, Dune, you know, was supposed to be coming out in December. Yep. Then it got pushed to next year. Uh-huh. But because a lot of things that are when you have a big machine like this, a lot of things are in motion, and you can't just stop them or change them. No. So even though the movie won't come out for a minute. Available now at Target. Toys. A line of... <laughs> I'm sure. Toys. Yes. That's so weird. Look at this. Yeah. Um, Drew, we can have a Baron Harkonnen toy, oh, essentially. So, so that's what Stellan's going to look like? That's what it's going to look like. So this is why this made news, because that's yeah. now our best look at this character, because yeah. he's very briefly in the teaser. And there's other shots in here, too. There's. Uh, he looks good with the fat suit on. Yeah, that little picture. A little close up of yeah. him with the I mean, suit. It, the toy looks shit. Yeah, but. the face itself looks like shit. Oh, here's the back, so you can see how fat he is. Yeah. Oh, nice. Yeah. And then Big the other ones there. Fatty. And they're yeah. all there. They have they yeah. have a little they, Timothy they Chalamet. Everybody. They got a little Chalamet. They got a tiny Zendaya. A, yeah, a bitty uh, Josh Brolin. A little itty-bitty Oscar Isaac. Yeah. They got a... a who's his face? A Bautista. Mm-hmm. Look at Bautista. That actually kind of looks like him. Oh, that, wow, that actually does. <laughs> they actually nailed the Bautista you, face. You know what? They they probably took the Bautista face from one of his wrestling toys. Oh, there we go. There we go. <laughs> They've already, like, they already had a whole cache of his uh, face. Yeah, so I'm sure they just used one of those scans or whatever for the 3D printer or however the fuck it works. But that, they, That's funny. Yeah. They've had time to work on the Bautista face over the years. Yeah. Well, <laughs> use, use that one to, put that one to good use. For sure. So they have Dune toys at Target. Yeah. I may or may not pick one or two up. Outsider, season two. Uh, Stephen King recently was talking about how they have scripts. They're working on them. He thinks that they're great, but there's no official word yet from HBO. Uh, one thing they have to keep in mind with Stephen King, with the any project that has its name on it, before it comes out, it's the greatest thing ever. After it comes out, then Stephen King's honest. Well, yeah, yeah, sure. This, exactly. this didn't actually work yeah. out too great, or yeah. that was bad. Yeah. He, uh, he was touting the Dark Tower back in yeah. the day. And then as oh, soon as it comes out, it's like, ah, maybe this was a mistake. <laughs> uh, Under the Dome, before it comes out, watch Under the Dome after it's released. It's like, Sorry. Yeah, it's, it's not my favorite show. Um, but he's trying to make season two of The Outsider happen, and HBO is not having it. Well, I mean, they are they are HBO Max now, so they yeah. have m- way more money out there in the fires than they have probably properties to make. Yeah, and they're uh, they're not interested. They they got a look at the, what was presented for a season two, and they said no, thank you. Mm-hmm. So now it's going to be shopped around, and we'll see if there's a new home. I'm sure Showtime or Stars or one of the, the I, subpar channels will pick it up. I was about to say, hey, uh, Peacock has Mister Mercedes. There you go. Maybe uh, they like an outsider because they need to get eyeballs on their thing. They, I think, they're really just banking on f- 
friends and office fans to eventually sign up next year, 2021, when those shows become like they're available on Peacock and that's the exclusive home for those programs. Uh, They're really banging on that super hard. Uh, I don't know if that's enough to get people to sign up. I I mean, I'm I'm watching the free stuff, which is fine and good. Yeah. So there you go. Uh, But I will not pay a single dollar to Peacock ever. Yeah, I think I'm paying. I signed up for a free thing. Now I think I'm paid. I think my free thing is up. Is it? I don't know. I don't think there is. I, I don't. Because I got like a three month thing, but I think it's been three months. I don't think. I don't think that's the way it works. Like I didn't sign up for any sort of three month thing. I just downloaded the app. I didn't put in any information. No, I did because it was like uh, sign up for three months. Here, use this code, and I put in the code, and I got three months free. Or was it? I'm yeah. not sure if I did that too. Man, I have to check my statements. So now I was able to get access to like. Um, well, see, uh, I've never had access. Brave New World, which I never watched. I've never had access to any of that stuff. So that's why he probably can't see Mr. Mercedes without paying for it. I don't know. Yeah. Uh. IMAX CEO calls potential COVID-19 vaccine, quote, game changer for movie theaters. In other news, water is wet. I mean, yeah. And also in other news, apparently uh, that Pfizer COVID-19 vaccine gives you a wicked hangover for 24 hours. And you got to do it twice before you're, quote, unquote, vaccinated. Interesting. But it works, though. 90%, that's up there with, like, measles and polio for Mm. a vaccination success rate. That's wildly effective. After two hangovers, apparently you're good. All right. Take two bad days and then I can go back to living life, in a way. Perhaps. With other people again. Without fucking having to freak out about every little thing. Yeah. Uh, you know what? I'm well, gonna... I mean, you'll you'll be it, right, you me. will be immune, but you will still be able to spread it. Mm. So I could be a super spreader. Yes, because if no, th- that's why you I need, could be my own super spreader. Well, no, event. that's why you need X percent of the population to be vaccinated. Yeah, because even though the, the people are vaccinated and they don't get the effects, they are still technically carrying the virus and can spread it to other people who don't. There we go. All right. So, so, so just get vaccinated when it's available, guys. And if that does, I mean, if the world starts happening, studios are now looking at 2020, 2021 as a potential comeback as opposed to 2022. Wonder Woman still scheduled to come out Christmas Day. They haven't officially moved that release date yet. Uh, they're looking at two possibilities. Thanks to the news of the vaccine, it's possible they'll just push it out to the summer. A now crowded summer. Yeah. Um, if they look at it, the marketplace, they look at the vaccine, and they talk to enough people, they, they're not convinced it's going to be ready, this December rollout will still happen. So, like, we could go to an AMC theater and watch it, or maybe the Cobb downtown is open. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Uh, and then, early January, HBO Max. Well, I mean, some people will be able to get the vaccine this year, if they're lucky. Well, frontline people will no. be getting it this year. And they're rich and famous. Uh, if you yeah, if you sure. are not if you pay enough yeah. if you are yeah. not in those camps then you probably won't get the vaccine until mid 2021 yeah you're looking you're talking spring yeah yeah mm-hmm. in the meantime AMC desperate to make money you can now rent one of their auditoriums for as low as a hundred dollars for up to 20 people there you go uh the thing is, it looks like you have to, <clears throat> if you're renting a theater, it is to watch one of the movies that's in theaters. Well, yeah. It's, it's, not, it's not like pick, like a pick your own. Yeah. yeah. So, but it's still an option there, guys, if you're looking to 
spend some money and I mean, get out and get out of the house. I mean, if you haven't seen Tenet, it's still out there. It's still available. I saw an ad on Facebook today that was um, <clears throat> a IMAX specific ad. So like, go see it in the format it was intended. This is your last chance to do that. Is what it's saying because it's uh, one month from today it'll be available for for order for yep. rental. There you go. And um. I, I pulled it up and I looked and the only IMAX screen that I know of here in town is the Regal. So let's see what happens if I uh, put in my address nope. and it won't even give me a list of theaters. No. There, there, there's not a theater you can see it in. There is no IMAX theater around us to see it in. So I was surprised I didn't pull up the Altamont Springs Limax theater. Because mm-hmm. certainly it's there. No way it got bumped from that screen no. for the war with Grandpa. Yeah, no. Um... Fantastic Beast 3 news continued from the Johnny Depp resignation that we talked about last week due to his losing his libel case where a UK court found sufficient evidence to say that a tabloid was in the right to call him a wife beater. That sucks. I like Johnny Depp. I like Johnny Depp. Okay. But he's got he's got he's got demons might that he needs to stop fighting with. No. And just get rid of him. He will be replaced by Mads Mikkelsen okay. in the role of Grindelwald. Mads Mikkelsen's awesome. I like Mads Mikkelsen. I also don't watch these movies and yeah, I really don't care. I haven't seen any of them, so it doesn't bother me. It's not bothering me one bit, but Mads Mikkelsen picking up that Johnny Depp. Sloppy seconds. Uh, Shoutouts to all our Fantastic Beasts fans. Are you out there, question mark? The first episode of WandaVision was filmed in front of a live studio audience. Cool. So if they say that in the beginning of the movie, in the beginning of the episode, they're telling the truth. They were telling the truth. They also use period film equipment and techniques. Nice. So it's going to be super Dick Van Dykey. Yes, exactly. Or sorry, blank Van Blanky, because it's the year 2020. We can't say those words. Yeah, guys, we gotta come on. Be nice. So let me see what interesting things they have here. Blippity bloppity blue. Uh, Elizabeth Olsen joked that it was a uh, kind of a full circle experience for her. And Paul Bettany said that he should have been doing sitcoms this whole time. He enjoyed the process of it. Oh, there we go. And it was Kevin Feige's idea to come up with the uh, the sitcom... Um, Feel. Yes, the whole idea. He says, I would get ready for the day and watch some sort of old sitcom because I couldn't take the news anymore, Feige told EW. Getting ready to go to set over the last few years. I kept thinking of how influential those programs were. And uh, oh, is Escape from Reality where things can be tied up in a nice bow in thirty minutes? That's yeah. what we liked about it. Yeah, I mean it's complete escapism. Sitcoms are truly based is. in non-reality. It truly, truly <laughs> is. Um, they did a sitcom school where the showrunners uh, watched episodes of Dick Van Dyke. The Dick Van Dyke show can be very broad with silly physical comedy gags. They said, and yet it feels never feels false. And I wondered how they did that. His answer, who's he when he says he? Oh, they talked. They actually met with Dick Van Dyke. His answer was very simple. He basically said that if it couldn't happen in real life, it couldn't happen on the show. Hmm. Interesting. That is interesting. He also watched uh, some Bewitched, some I Dream of Genie for the uh, all the Wanda magic stuff. stuff. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And they shot for a while. Bethany and Olsen rehearsed their entrances and exits as of putting on the play. And at first, they say the notion of live performance terrified them more than any Marvel supervillain. But by the time they secured their first audience chuckle, 
the pair realized that they may have missed their calling as sitcom stars. It was insanity, Olsen says. There was something very meta for my own life because I would have visited these tapings as a kid where my sisters were working on Full House. Yeah. The show's love letter to Golden Age of Television. We're paying tribute and honoring all these incredible shows and people who came before us, but we're also trying to blaze new territories. This one of the showrunners. WandaVision just got a, a release date set for, I think, January. Cool. Very early 2021 is when they expected to come out. Uh, yeah, that's going to be mean, I've been fun. waiting. I've been waiting for a long time. They're supposed to come out this year. I was about right? to say, they pushed out two seasons of The Mandalorian before we got any Marvel stuff. Isn't that something? Uh, WandaVision and Falcon and Winter Soldier both got pushed back, delayed, delayed. Uh, but Mando's going strong. And then they are working on She-Hulk. Ms. Marvel and Moon Knight. I'm totally okay with all that stuff. All of those are in pre-pro right now. So that means what, they'll all debut by 2026 at this rate? Who knows? Jordan Peele has a horror movie in the works for July 22nd, 2022. All right. I think that's a secure release date. Yeah. He may be okay. But, uh, but then we should be fine. We should be mostly fine by then. Uh, no word on what the movie is, what it's going to entail, but Jordan Peele sticking with his original um, goal of only making horror movies. Hey. Go for it, man. It is pretty cool. That is pretty, pretty cool. Uh, Michael Bay has his own next movie in the works. It's something called Ambulance, and it uh, it's being described as a sort of, in the vein of 90s movies like Speed. Okay. And it's looking like it'll be starring, just according to the Deadline, Jake Gyllenhaal. Jake Gyllenhaal. Yeah, in a Michael Bay movie. Michael Bay. The am- an Ambulance. Boom. Ambulance is a project that has been around for a minute, and they struggled to find a director, someone who wanted to do it, and Michael Bay finally uh, came across it and liked it. I wonder I wonder if the Ambulance is going to transform into anything. Yeah, into uh, a hunk of metal <laughs> on the side of a mountain as it crashes at some point. Uh, but it'll be interesting seeing uh, Jake, right. Jake Chittenhall hasn't done a movie like this. Yeah, and there's going to be plenty of cars made out of gasoline. They're all That's the best type of material <laughs> to make a car. Just solidified kerosene. Uh, they're great for aerodynamics. Uh-huh. Real quick, just for Mission Impossible 7, we got confirmed to come back, reprising her role of uh, like agency person of some sort, Angela Bassett. Nice. Angela Bassett coming back. Uh, so... Just a reminder that Mission Impossible 7 is still happening. Yeah. Just throwing that out there. That's good. We got some blunt thoughts from Gary Oldman on David Fincher. Okay. And then we have David Fincher's unrelated blunt thoughts on the Joker movie. Okay. All right. It's just funny that two separate articles use the same blunt thoughts. <laughs> That's how they have to describe it. Anyway, so we have this Mank movie. David Fincher's mm-hmm. Mank coming out here very soon. At the end of the month in theaters, sort of, and then early December on Netflix. And it's about the making of Citizen Kane. And we got Gary Oldman in there is the lead. He's the star of the film. And here is his uh, quote on David Fincher being famously known for doing take after take after take after take. Um, And this is actually who's speaking. Charles Dance, who's also in the movie. Uh, Tyrell... Tyrion? Mm-hmm. Tyrell's the dad in Game of Thrones. No, Ty- Ty- Tyrion is the Tyrion. The older yeah. guy who got who crossbowed on yeah. the toilet. Mm-hmm. He says, we did take after take after take after take. There's four of them in here. 
And Gary Oldman said to David at one point, David, I've done this scene a hundred fucking times. And Fincher said, yes, I know, but this is 101. Reset. (laughs) (laughs) You do what I say, motherfucker. I I am boss. I am David Fincher. Amanda Seyfried, also in the movie, um, said it was definitely hard. But at the same time, it's like theater in that you have the luxury of really nailing the tone and the emotion. It does feel like Groundhog Day in a way, but that's how he captures things that most people don't. December 4th is the release date for Mank. Just a few weeks away. Looking David, forward to it. David Fincher's first movie in five or six years since Gone Girl. And it's black and white. <laughs> <laughs> and it's a black and white throwbacky movie, which, man, Academy people love that shit. Yeah. Um, and then talking about David Fincher specifically, his own quotes on some stuff here. Uh, how does this even come up in a conversation? But here he goes. He says, nobody would have thought that they would have... Sh- no, how does this go? Nobody would have thought they had a shot at a giant hit with Joker had the Dark Knight not been as massive as it was. I don't think anyone would have looked at that material and thought, yeah, let's take Travis Bickle and Rupert Pupkin and conflate them and then trap them in a betrayal of the mentally ill and trot it out for a billion dollars. Uh, and he's right there. Yeah. Right? No, yeah. No, if if Heath Ledger hadn't had done his Joker impression... And in a dark PG-13 you know, Dark Knight no, exactly. movie. Right? And, and in this epically fantastically yet grounded in reality in a weird way yeah yeah if that hadn't blown up the way it did then there would be no one would care right he's right i mean the diehard comic book nerds would be like give me my fucking movie yeah, but like, do this but warner brothers like there's yeah. no precedent for exactly this. but now there is now there is uh he goes on to say i'm sure warner brothers thought at a certain price with the right cast, with the Nero coming along, it would be a possible double or triple. But I cannot imagine that movie would have been released had it been 1999. Yeah, no. It would not have come out in 99. In hell, even though it came out when it did, mm-hmm. I don't think... I mean, nobody thought it was going to be a billion dollars. Not, no, not a billion. Nobody. Not a billion. Nobody. Um, that's the power of the, of the Batman, of the Joker, and of good marketing. Yeah. Movie had some good marketing for sure. Well, and it was very telling of the times that we're currently in. That's true too. Surprisingly enough, people are open to that kind of uh, story. Speaking of the times we're in, remember Ryan Reynolds? He, we may have reported on this briefly. He had announced that he was doing a remake of Home Alone, mm-hmm. but where he was an adult uh, stoner, and he figures out he has to stop some people from breaking in, and it was called Stoned Alone. Mm-hmm. Uh, Chris Columbus, director of Home Alone. Oh, please tell me he's in. <laughs> Ooh, he is out. Oh. Chris Columbus, quote, The reboots are just silly to me. When I read about something called Stoned Alone, they're going to do it with Ryan. It was an R-rated Home Alone movie about stoners. I thought to myself, this is just an insult to the art of cinema. Oh, Chris, you could have had an open mind and been like, listen, Ryan Reynolds, great. You know what? You, you you can help write it, but I want Macaulay back, and we're doing this correct. Yeah, we're doing this the right way. We're gonna we're and still and, and make it the updated R-rated Home Alone for adults that you want to do. Yeah, 
but no, uh, Chris Columbus doesn't see it. He continues on. If you're making a comedy, a musical, no matter what film I'm making, my goal is to treat it with the same respect as if I'm making The Godfather. Now, Home Alone is not The Godfather, but you have to treat it with that kind of respect. And this idea of remaking things that already exist and are working well, watch the original, forget about it. It's just never going to be as good. Well, how about this? Call it a sequel and do it yourself and make it right, motherfucker. Yeah, relax, Chris Columbus. I mean, Jesus Christ. Meanwhile, we have Home Alone 4 and 5, and no one cares about yeah, those bullshit what, sequels. What, what, do you, video sequels. what do you say about those, yeah. Mr. Columbus? Mr. Columbus, who probably like executive produced them and got paychecks from them, and they're pieces of shit. Fuck you. Not even Home Alone 2 is that great. Come on. That Donald Trump in it. Donald Trump is in Home Alone 2 because they wanted to shoot in the Trump Hotel, and he was like, yeah, you can shoot here, but I have to if be I'm in the movie. I have to be in your movie. I'm sure, yeah. That sounds about right. He's a lot like Ron Jeremy, where Ron Jeremy, when he find, found, used to, because now he's in yeah. jail, but he found out about um, film shoots, and then he would just show up to be an extra in them, and then they'd be like, oh, you want to be in this movie? And then he'd worm his way in. So Ron, Jeremy, and Donald Trump, both of them worm their ways into movies mm-hmm. and are both um, Gross accused, old weirdos. Gross old weirdos are accused of rape yeah. by multiple people. Mm-hmm. Cool. Well, How come pre- we didn't ra- ra- elect Ron Jeremy to president? Because well, he's in jail. We elected now, the other one president. He's in jail now. He wasn't in 2016. I mean, here in a little bit, they both might be in jail. So Yes. <clears throat> yes, they just might. Just might. If the corrupt liberal media has its way, they just might. And all these uh, corrupt liberal Republican judges, if they have their way. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes. The liberal Republican judges. Yes. All these uh, Republicans in name only. <laughs> uh, where are we at? We're at story number 13 of 18. Oh, we've got plenty of time. How Ezra Miller. Oh, this is interesting. So Justice League reshoots, new shoots, debacle. It's just going on and on and on. Yeah. Ezra Miller They're had to bleeding money. They are. Ezra Miller had to shoot new stuff for um uh Fantastic Beast Three. So he's shooting that now. And he's shooting he had to shoot stuff for Flash, his Flash scenes. So to figure this out, since they're both Warner Brothers productions, this might have made it a little easier. Zack Snyder in California zoomed in to the uh, Fantastic Beast 3 set in the UK with Ezra Miller, and he used their crew to shoot his scenes, to shoot his stuff. And they he directed them to direct Ezra Miller. They sent over whatever it was needed for props, and they just used the Fantastic Beast set. So, so be it. So there's going to be some Flash mm-hmm. stuff that you're going to be seeing that was actually shot by like the UK people. And in the background, just behind them, there's like uh, uh, Johnny Depp pleading for his job. Bling. Come on, please. I promise I'll be good this time. I'll stop hitting women. No, you won't. No, you won't, Johnny. Because he has like four bottles of wine in his hand at the same time. What? Well, that and all, those, all those bracelets, I'm sure they leave marks. All the jangles. <laughs> I see jangles so much while we're shooting the scenes, Johnny. Okay, I promise I'll leave the bracelets at home. I like picturing him doing an English accent just because he's in England. I'm in character. He's like, no, no, you're not. No, you're not. Oh, and then speaking of um, Justice League, uh, Zack Snyder confirmed that Gerald Leto's Joker will be a different interpretation in a way from what we saw in Suicide Squad. Essentially that this Joker is more of a road-weary Joker, which made me think about it. The Suicide Squad is most likely set in the years prior to uh, Batman vs. Superman and Justice League and all of that. Uh, it's probably like younger Batman, because it's supposed to be older Batman this whole time anyway, right? Gray-haired Batman. 
And maybe it is. Now we're getting an older, less bombastic Joker in a way. Less flamboyant. I don't know what they're going to do. I, maybe just some laser, tattoo laser removal. Dude, I don't care. Get, get rid of that damage from the top of his forehead and, and script writing. I, I don't give a fuck about Jerry Leader Joker. Could care less. But we're getting it, though. Now we're getting uh, Zack Snyder's version of it in this fucking four-hour thing where i don't even know if to call it a movie it's i mean a miniseries. it's a limited series. i mean when it started and i i was like okay we're finally just gonna get his cut yes i was okay with it no now that it is ballooned into this fucking monster like i just don't yes. care anymore it's wild we, we, it is so silly they've added joker they've added that that's what i'm saying like it, it is just so silly maybe because he knows that this justice league was supposed to be the start of a trilogy and he's not so, going to get to do the other movies. So maybe just try and squeeze him for as much as he can. Whatever he can and get And do a miniseries this. instead. Yes, whatever he can get into it. And then if it goes well, maybe he can get some money by, can I do another four episodes? <laughs> like, no. <laughs> no, Zach. Sorry. He After this, he has this whole Army of the Dead franchise that he's doing for Netflix. So that's supposed to be coming out next year. So he's busy enough. Um, speaking of Nolan, like we were earlier... What's the complaint that's been popping up in a lot of his movies lately? Drew sound Cochran. design. The sound design. So Christopher Nolan admits here to IndieWire. He goes, it was a very, very radical mix is what he calls Interstellars. Interstellar specifically. It was a radical mix is what he calls it. <laughs> I was a little shocked just to realize how conservative people are when it comes to sound. Because you can make a film that looks like anything. You can shoot on your iPhone. No one's going to complain. But if you mix the sound a certain way, or if you use certain sub-frequencies, people get up in arms. Yeah, Chris Nolan. Yeah, weird. well. People want to hear what people are saying in the movie. It's weird. Yeah, and if, I mean, just either, either do your thing and accept the criticism. Yeah. Or adapt and quit fucking around. And quit fucking around with the sound. He continues to say, we got a lot of the complaints. <laughs> I actually got calls from other filmmakers who would say, I just saw your film and the dialogue is inaudible. Some people thought maybe the music's too loud, but the truth was, it was kind of the whole enchilada of how he had chosen to mix it. Of course, he's English, so you have to imagine he said, enchilada, en, en, enchilada. They can't say taco. They don't know how to Taco. Fajitas, they're bad at uh, Mexican Foods, Tex Mex foods. Okay. So, yeah, he knows that his movies are being received sound wise not too well, but he just wants to call it a radical mix and say people are conservative with their sound choices. Okay, good for him. Keep doing what you're doing, Chris. Yeah, keep doing what you're doing, but gay. I'm, I gotta turn the subtitles on. I don't understand what's being said. All right. If you say so. All right, my guy, my homie, my peeps. Um, oh, I already mentioned the story, Wonder Woman, uh, release plans, maybe HBO Max in January, or maybe summer 2021. We're going to find out very fucking soon. And last couple of stories, Lilo and Stitch movie, live action, it's coming. Lilo and Stitch, remember when that came out? That was uh, early 2000s, right? I think we were still in college. At that point in time, I had aged out of Disney movies. Well, also, so. also this was a time when... Uh, Disney animated movies weren't good. I mean, we, we like were, I said, I aged out. We were so before. I wasn't watching. Pixar was, you know, yeah, Toy Story. Two like I didn't, and, I didn't watch the Hercules show. I never watched that Hercules. Well, thing. the show or the movie. The movie. Never yeah. watched that. The movie I, I watched 
What? No, actually, have I seen the movie? I no, never, I'm thinking of Emperor's New Groove. I, I, I never watched, watched that. I watched that after the fact, like in more I, recent I, years. I never watched The Princess and the Frog, any of that stuff. Right, which is Princess and the Frog was seen as, that's actually a little more later. That's like 2006, 2007. Even, and that was like part of Deadly Ninja Tangled and then like Disney Animation, separate from Pixar, sort of getting it back together. Lilo and Stitch came out after... Home on the Range, I think. That movie where um, Roseanne Barr was like the voice of a cow or something. Missed that one. Yeah, no. There was a run there where their movies were bad. And then Lilo and Stitch came out, and people were like, oh, okay, yeah, this is kind of a bright spot for the 2D. One of their last good 2D animated movies. Um, didn't do that well financially, but well enough and received well enough that they have directed video sequels. And, you know, they did turn that with shitty Alien Ride into a shitty Lido Ride before shutting it down at Tomorrowland. Um, so now it's getting the live action treatment, just like they're, they're doing mm-hmm. to all their shits. Yeah. Uh, this one to be directed by John M. Chu. John Chu is a dude who really made his name and his money initially with um, Step It Up movies. Oh, Stop, okay. Step It Up or Step Up? Step It Up. Step It Up to the streets. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Step It Up. He makes those movies. That third one that was in 3D that looked all wild in the trailer. I was about to say, he, so he's the one who gave Ch- Channing Tatum his career. Essentially. Yeah. Yep. Because right. that was his, that, that fucking, yep. that first Step It Up movie, that was Channing Tatum. And um, was Tatum, because he wasn't in G.I. Joe 3, 2, was he? But he died early on. Um, John Chu did the most recent G.I. Joe movie, which wasn't as good. Rise of Cobra. And, um, oh, but then he made a shit ton of money directing Crazy Rejections. Ah, yes, yes, that yes. Was, that uh-huh, was, that, that blew last up. Ones. That, that yeah. was like a cultural thing last year. Yeah, that was like over a $300 million box office. That was a hit, 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 no matter how you slice it. Uh, so now he used that clout to get the Lilo and Stitch live action, which means we're going to get a weird live action. Uh, which one's the alien? Lilo or Stitch? Probably Stitch. Stitch. Uh, so that's going to look weird. Cool. It's going to be terrifying. Yeah. Uh, unless they make it look like a cartoon, like um, Sonic. I mean, they, they, they might just add some fluffy fur and doughy eyes. This thing better be fluffy and doughy <laughs> because it's got teeth and it's an alien, man. It's fucked up looking. Yeah. So yeah, they, they're going to have their uh, shit cut out for them. Final story. This was breaking news yesterday. James Gunn went to Instagram yesterday afternoon to welcome Sylvester Stallone to the cast of The Suicide Squad. Man, they must be having fun working together. Yes, because they worked together on Guardians of the Galaxy 3, or 2, I should say. And absolutely, he must be like, I'm pumped to bring this guy back. As a matter of fact, even here's his Instagram quote. Always love working with my friend Sylvester Stallone. And our work today on The Suicide Squad was no exception. The slight sly being an iconic movie star, most people still don't have any idea what an amazing actor this guy is. Um, Sloan is a true artist. He's a writer. He's an actual painter. Uh, he loves to act. He really is an artist. And people do because he's also such a character. Well, and the th- hey, you know, that's me. Well, yeah. that, and the thing he's is... He's such a character, people don't give him his problems. Well, he doesn't... The thing is, he doesn't give himself the room to shine that's true like too. the the projects that he chooses are normally Rambo w- last blood ones where he doesn't have to act like uh, I yeah. think the only there have been maybe three times I've actually seen him show his chops Rocky one in recent oh yeah okay 
Rocky, the, the original. Yep. Rocky Balboa. Yep. And maybe the first Creed. In Creed, where he plays, where he's dying. Yeah. Those are really the only times he gives himself the room yeah. to actually act. Rocky three and four, they're more cartoonish. Yeah. Rocky two, he does. He's like acting. It's a continued buffoonery of Rocky Balboa not being able to assimilate in a world around him that doesn't involve punching things. Mm-hmm. Um. His earlier films, he does get to act because he's still like young and pretentious. No. So we have um, Fist is a uh, like 1930s union unionizing movie where he plays part of a, just a working a group of workers. Um, Victory is one where he plays. Uh, it's about a soccer team. I think a jail, a prison soccer team trying to bust out, or is it South African? Um, but he did a soccer movie back in the day. Uh, he has some interesting choices. But as he became more of a movie star, yes. No. Then it just became just about became what's, the, an, what's the image? He became an 80s action guy. And um, yes. All that, that all that entailed. He acts in Rambo at the end. He's crying at the end. He's breaking down. He's really delivering it at the end of Ram, uh, First Blood, no. I should say. By the time he gets a Rambo 2, Rambo 3, that's all I have to win. I was about to say, he's, he's a superhero he's at a that super, point in time. He's a superhero cartoon. Uh, yeah, absolutely. I did a pretty good job. Yes, I did a good job. It's fine, man. Like I can't for what wait. it was. Yes, I I check just to watch every two weeks to see is Cobra available anywhere <laughs> for us to finally do for the Patreon because I can't wait to talk about Cobra uh, to bring it back around the Gabe's question. Um, but I I don't expect him to do any acting in the Suicide Squad. No. right, not at all. We, I expect him just be. We, we just hired the movie star Sly. Yes, yeah. bring your whatever it thing you have. That works. That has gotten you this career. That's what we want. Can he act? Yeah, Copland. Oh yeah, does some good acting. Mm-hmm. Copland. Copland's a good movie. But you know, he's just a movie star. That's what we're getting, and I'm fine with that. It's gonna be fun, and he'll probably die in this. Yeah, probably. Because, because Suicide Squad. Yeah, it's all no. point of this movie. A lot of people are gonna die. Uh, hopefully in a fun way. Hopefully in a fun, enjoyable way. Um, Sly Stallone, one of the few, uh, like, hey, thank you, Mr. Trump. One of the few, one of those that I'm gonna just get, go ahead and give that a pass. <laughs> too many of his movies have have informed my life that I can't just, I can't throw away this baby with this bathwater. Is that for the better or is that for the worse, Chris? You know, <laughs> Demolition Man. It's, it's very, very libertarian. Stop, stop nanny stating us. It's the nanny state. I just want my rat burger. Um. Time Cop is the one liberal one where he's like, maybe he'll calm down after the election. <clears throat> Van Damme is actually our, our the liberal action hero that we need, but we never really went down that road enough, nope. unfortunately. And uh, I'm just running out the clock here. It's an hour and a half. We, right. did, we did it. We're at an hour and a half. Thanks, Drew Sikogberg. You're welcome, Chris. And you are welcome, listeners. <clears throat> you see, I'm, mm-hmm. I, I get emotional. I think I'm this yeah, yeah. Get that ice ASMR in there. Mm. There's no ice in this oh. Share from the can. Um, you're welcome, listeners, for this week's show. Sign up for our Patreon. Email us, Cinema Crespity, so join our Facebook group. Well, actually, get off Facebook. If you're not going to get off it, join the group. Twitter, at Crespity, so Instagram, Cinema Crespity. So that is the end of the episode. Shout out to StreamlineFlorida.com. Juice to Cogburn. Peace out, sir. Deuces.
a PFT Media production.